This episode of the Colton Culture Podcast is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest's best source of premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. Real people offering real service. Use code ColtCulture10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can now get an additional 30% off if you go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. That's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. Or you can get it in the App Store. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now, on sale, and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Colton Culture listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10, F-R-E-T-1-0, that's code FRET10, at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Welcome to episode 10 of Colton Culture's podcast. I am Justin Pearson. And I'm Luke Hinshaw. We are Planet B, and this episode features Michael Malarkey, uh, the actor, singer, songwriter, and all-around good dude. Um, most people know him as Enzo from The Vampire Diaries, and uh, that's cool and all, but we're kind of getting psyched on his new show that he has coming out, Project Blue Book. It dives into the realm of ufology, which is... I mean, vampires are cool and all, but ufology's pretty rad and kind of more in tune with the things that we're into. So, um, yeah, so we decided to get him on our podcast. And I initially kind of, you know, came into contact with him through, I guess, like the punk and hardcore world. And then later figured out, like, that he's, like, this um, very popular vampire on TV and then kind of just filled in all the blanks. And so it's it's pretty rad to, like, get to hang out with them and kind of dive into, like, the... I don't know, different realms of, of uh, his artistic creativity that he has in his life. and um, d- But specifically to dive into the idea and the and the whole, I guess, surrounding ideas of, of ufology and, and um, you know, kind of li- linking it into his new show and stuff. But um, I think we get into other interesting things, like Luke gets to talk about DMT. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> finally, finally. And, uh, you know, just, <clears throat> like, I don't know, however... however uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, it, it. It. I wasn't really know. It wasn't really expecting us to talk about, you know, him being Enzo. I, you know, it was kind of just like, that's the last thing I really wanted to talk about. But it's yeah. probably what everyone that is that's you know um, a fan of him wants to talk about. But uh, I don't. Th- I. I don't even think he wants to talk about that anymore. <laughs> he seems stoked on his new show, yeah. which he said it's like went from a vampire to this new agent. You yeah. Know? So. I think he's ready to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had a new record come out and stuff too. And um, so anyhow, we we kind of try to cover all of the bases. Um, it it would have been it would have been cool to kind of, I think, go deeper into the whole like massive universe of 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 ufology. You know, a galaxy of ufology. I guess. Um, but uh, you know, it, it it is it is a it is a limited time. I guess on a podcast. So um, 
So we'll we'll jump into this and and uh, hopefully you guys I'll I'll dig what we have to say. All right, so we're gonna just have you. I would like for you to introduce yourself. And you know, like to def, like define what like what how would you define yourself like what your let's let's hear it your resume I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm Michael Malarkey. I'm mostly known for my work as an actor. I'm currently working on a new show called Project Blue Book, which comes out January eighth on History. I'm also a musician. I used to play in um, a couple different hardcore punk bands, and now I um, make calmer-ish music, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, those are the, the, the two main strings to my bow. And cool. other than that, I'm, I'm a dad and a husband and just keep on keeping on. That's that's good. Yeah. It's funny, like, the, I, I you know, like, I guess, like, str- straddling between the musician and the, and the actor thing. I mean, I guess the, you are mainly known for the actor thing, but the musician thing is, like, sometimes people are like, but I want that, you know, like, that to be a... I guess a tag or a or a, a label or whatever you know. Yeah, well, I, <clears throat> you know, there's this real need for people to pigeonhole you. Sure. You know, in this in this life, especially at the moment, they're like, if you have loads of things that you're doing, um, it's confusing to people for some reason. But I think it's great to have loads of different interests. Sure. And I, I consider myself more than anything just a human being who has various different interests. Um, Maybe Act, acting just happens to be what I actually get paid for more than the music, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'd love to do do more with the music stuff. But you know, I just got off of a big European tour, and I'm working on my next record, so I I, I definitely do both things pretty relentlessly. That's pretty rad. It, um, okay, so you, I think you had explained uh, your shift in your acting main acting roles from being a vampire to now you're being a, a detective right air force air, air force, force captain dete- yeah. yeah okay um, <coughs> ufo detective I UFO, yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's like the best kind you i mean detectives are you know pretty rad uh anyhow the the ufo part's the best um so you had you, we can edit this out if you want but you had called it up you have your big your big boy role now right <laughs> mm-hmm. well i yeah i suppose so i mean you know i started off um uh, training at, at Lambda in London, the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, and mostly did theater and um, did a lot of big roles for theater. But you come over and you do TV, and it's really bitty, and you know you're you're often you know a lot of your stuff is left on the cutting room floor, you know, uh-huh. all the space between all the all the brilliant work that sure. you're doing. <laughs> is yeah, but you shine through somehow, <clears throat> I mean, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I. Um, I'd like to think I have a, a good work ethic and I'm um, good with people. I got three rules that I'd like to abide by in this industry or any industry, and I think it works across the board. And it's number one, deliver the goods, be a boss of what you do. Number two, don't be a dick, which <laughs> most <good>. people <laughs> are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that includes not talking shit. Oh, and for that's, me, that's where I fuck up. Yeah, well, you know, we, we all have our moments. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I, what what talking shit is is basically turning is, is a, um participating in a negative activity to feel uh, positive. Sure. And people just get used to doing that and um feeling good about themselves. Yeah. By trashing somebody else, yeah. you know, like I used to rip on certain big pop artists, you know, like yeah. what the hell why are they why why are people eating this up? 
and then you kind of realize how the industry works uh-huh. you know and it's all about hype and publicity and you know if these kids are doing well and fuck it man good for them um number three what's number three <laughs> have fun have fun which is actually the first I, I think that's the most important thing you know if you're having fun doing what you're doing that shines through and kind of trumps everything else huh yeah. that's interesting so i i think the t- shit talking thing's interesting because i've i started figuring out it's way, way rather to talk shit about myself and what i've done and then it challenged because then it's kind of funny and then it's like it kind of like no one can criticize you because you're like i already criticized myself it's so. very english of you. <laughs> yeah there's some things i've done i'm like fuck that sucks so bad well, it also that you know it's kind of the reverse thing of rule number two. You know, by by trashing yourself, you're allowing somebody else to to um, feel the same and go, oh, okay, I don't have to pretend to be any better than I am. Sure, I'm allowed to show that I'm intimidated. Or, yeah, or scared. Or and if or I don't whatever. trash myself, noisy will do it or something. That's right. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, yeah, three having fun, have fun because I think a lot of times like I see artists like even like ex bandmates of mine, which I don't need to you know, name names again, but like they take themselves so fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, it's not like, I don't know how to, I mean, what do you, where do you even like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see that you have to be able to laugh at yourself. And you do, you do. And you see a lot of these, well, we're talking about acting, uh, older actors who you can tell when they're not taking themselves too seriously uh-huh. and they're doing certain roles. And I mean, I actually, I think Tom Cruise does take himself pretty seriously. But then <laughs> we saw Tropic Thunder and we were like, hang on a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's this guy? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool move. Yeah. Um, it is he, interesting to see that shift in, in people's yeah. stuff. And, and it's important, especially when you're a bit older. You know, Michael Douglas started taking a turn and playing these more humbled, humbling roles yeah. from being like an action star. And that was when he started doing his most interesting stuff. So you've gone like the opposite way because you went from like playing in hardcore bands and now you're playing like singer songwriter stuff and you're on. Well, I guess UFO shit's pretty weird, but uh, yeah. So I mean, do people trip out when they figure out like, oh, he's like his roots are in hardcore or whatever punk? Yeah. Well, expectation is a bitch, you know. (laughs) A lot of people assume things when they see you on a certain network playing a certain kind of role. I mean, I still meet people to this day that just know me as. Enzo from the Vampire Diaries and are intimidated to meet me thinking that I'm actually a vampire and I'm <laughs> prey on them or something. And it's like, no, I'm just a semi-decent human being yeah. who's just getting by like you. Yeah. But it's a weird, it's a weird setup, you know, because people are, uh, um, what was I going to say? I forgot. Well, it's probably like a, when you see a musician. I mean, I remember growing up and like seeing musicians and thinking like, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could be like, they're not normal human beings. They're like, they're up. So, and then I met, I met the cramps and they were like, come here, little dude. Like, you're cool. And I was, you know, it's like 12 and they were like hanging out with me and treating me like a normal person. I was like, holy shit, they're regular. I mean, they were not regular people by any stretch, <laughs> you know, but they were like, treat, they were like, re, they were like approachable and not like, you know, gods dicks. or whatever. They yeah. weren't dicks. Yeah. They weren't dicks, That's but they right. also were like, um, you know, like ri- ri- human beings, you know? Well, I think the, the most important thing is is that musicians and artists and people like that who people idolize, um, you, can't, you can't get by being a dick. And you're also, I don't believe that musicians should be role models. You know, I think that's a trap. 
and treating all mm-hmm. of these people like Ed Sheeran, Ariana Grande, or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. as as role models is a mistake. Justin Bieber, or whatever. If I was your boyfriend, I'd never let you go. But they're just people, man, and they're yeah. they're young. Yeah. And they're gonna fuck up. I know, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, even like with Bieber, like when he would do stupid shit, I'm like, fuck mm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Or like when Britney lost her shit and shaved her head, and like did, I was like, that's cool. It's like the most punk rock moment we've had in a while, you know. Yeah. Like, it makes me Elvis a- getting arrested. You know that mugshot is one of the most mm. famous pictures of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Poor Elvis. It, anyhow, so that's crazy. So people think you're a real vampire. That's kind of rad, I guess, because a lot of people wish they were vampires. So I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that expectation, isn't it? And I, I like to keep them guessing. You know, it's, it was important to me after leaving that show to to do a 180 and do something completely different and. Why I got into acting was not to play the same shit over and over again. Sure. Some people get locked into a certain casting, and that's them. You know, you see them doing the same character, the same accent, the same personality for every role they do. Yeah. And for me, I wanted to explore loads of different terrains. And So what you're saying is there was no more vampire shows to get on? <laughs> not for a while. We'll see. Maybe like if, if we do like a Bubba Hotep style thing, you know, like in a nursing home, like old vampires trying to get off the blood that would be that would be great there <laughs> you go rehab, yeah. rehab center for vampires there is that like um that sort of like what is that fake vampire uh, movie that came out it's um something uh, in the shadows that one yeah no. it's like a british show movie i guess and it's like it's a they're like it's like i think a, that's the one yeah i can't remember what it's, it's called. like a spinal tap-esque it. kind of thing but they're vampires it's really good mm-hmm. um <coughs> I, I recommend it i guess uh but uh so i don't know man let's let's get into this like uh, the the new thing because this I'm pretty um, I'm into like uh, obviously like UFO stuff but like weird conspiracies and and things and like I, I I'm I'm pretty psyched that like well for one there's been a shift in the last I guess like uh, obviously in like in the last decade but probably the last two decades where they're like just pumping out more stuff to like in that in that realm of you know ufology or whatever and so. And I always uh, like, especially like touring. I always listen to like Coast to Coast with, uh, well, with Art Bell now with George Norrie, and it's always like, which is interesting too because they cover vampires and then they cover UFOs, but they mm-hmm. also cover like the JFK assassination and, you know, Mar- Marilyn Monroe's death and things. So like, I'm always maybe it's all connected. I mean, we, I've, I actually just to segue a little bit, you know, I heard a rumor at some point that you know, J, J- well, all the presidents must know something mm-hmm. about sure. about this, right? And there's that interview with Barack Obama who, who was like. I can't tell you about that. Yeah. Where it was just insinuating that he knew that there was something going on. That's but that's that says something. That's right. Yeah. You know, by not saying something, yeah. saying something. <clears throat> JFK as well. You know, there was some rumors of Marilyn Monroe finding out about some UFO stuff and died afterwards. Huh. There's all these weird, suspicious deaths that ha- have happened surrounding this stuff. I mean, the character um, um, I'm playing, he's based on. The character's name is Captain Michael Quinn, but he's based on. Captain Edward J. Ruppelt, who was the head of Blue Book at the time. He was running a project on the ground. And um, he um, wrote this very famous book about the phenomenon, which everybody should read who's interested in it. But he also died suspiciously of a heart attack, 38 years old, pretty healthy. Yeah. And was basically leaving it pretty open, you know, out of the 12 however many 12,000 cases um, there were hundreds that were still left unexplained and unexplained meaning um, credible witnesses you know that had no weird psychological shit going on and they, they still couldn't explain sure um, what was happening so so the show 
I mean, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but does it take place after Roswell? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's 1951, and I think it spans around 1951, 1952, season one. And um, <clears throat> basically, this is a time when there were mass sightings happening. You know, everybody was seeing UFOs, and they had to find a way to quell this public hysteria that was going on at the time. You know, the Russian threat, um, the nuclear war, pending nuclear war that was going on. Everyone was freaking out already. Sure. And you had this added thing, this added interstellar extraterrestrial thing, and they basically had to put a, a dampener on that. So Blue Book was, in a sense, the first fake news campaign, in a way. It's called fake news. Which is something we're all very familiar with right now. Yeah, we solve a lot of problems. It's it's set, set in the 50s, so the costumes are amazing. You know, we're all wearing hats and suits, and the girls' dresses are incredible. Um, so the look's cool. It's got this really noir-esque kind of quality to it, and I think it'll appeal to that kind of, that kind of uh, audience as well, as well as we have the government conspiracy thing and UFOs. Huh. So, and every episode is like a case file from Blue Book that people can look up afterwards, do their own research, learn a bit more about nice. the actual case. So what you, the fake news comment, like you're saying like Blue Book was created as a thing to like sort of like ease the public or like to, to tour the public or something? To control the media in a way. You huh. know, they were there on the ground. They were the first there on the ground. Uh -huh. And they oftentimes hastily would jump to conclusions if if they seemed like they could be uh, uh, if it could be like a weather balloon they were like okay well if it could be then we'll just say that it is sure if it could be a flock of, of birds then let's just say that it sure. is sure and you still had people um, who you know there was oftentimes cases where you'd have multiple witnesses seeing the same thing and saying it was a ship yeah but still Blue Book was saying to the media that it was something else entirely so in the show your your job is to cover everything up close the so. cases yeah. Wow. Wow. And so yeah, it's just um, a little more backstory on the show. Um, um, we follow um, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who's a very famous astrophysicist and ufologist, uh, played by the wonderful Aidan Gillen, great Irish actor. And we recruit him. I, I recruit him in the in the first episode to to work alongside us from Powers Above, and just to help bring more scientific proof to these. Um, debunkings yeah and so i mean i wonder like how that really i mean maybe you know but like what like where, where who was like was it like the air force or the army or who like you know the secretary of defense so they're like all right you gotta you gotta squash this like we gotta hide this shit <clears throat> yeah so there's this um infamous secret organization called the majestic 12 yeah. mj12 um which is various different um, heads and generals. And um, they're the ones who are basically giving me my orders to, to do all this stuff. Okay. And this is almost aside from, I mean, it was reportedly created by President Truman. Uh -huh. um, but uh, a lot of this stuff was kind of outside of real government. You know, it was yeah. a secret organization. I mean, you have also in recent news all these trillions of dollars that have gone to weird places we can't trace, you know, and then there's also... If we want to go this far, we have the whole Pentagon crash that happened. There wasn't mm. even a plane. And yeah. who who blew up in those explosions? The accountants that were actually tracking this money. So it basically, in a way, if that is a conspiracy that it, it seems it could be, sure, have covered their asses. But um, it runs deep. I mean, I wonder, like, how far do you really think all this stuff goes? I mean, a lot of, I mean, you know, there's, there, 
with all of the conspiracies, you know, I mean, it just seems like, I don't know, a lot of times, like, you, you probably could be like, well, okay, that was a UFO, or that was some crazy um, military aircraft that we're just not, we don't know about yet, you know, I mean, because... Or, one, yeah, one of our own. I mean, sure. you know, there's, there's a lot of theories that point to the fact that after Roswell, we, we found some kinds of alien technology, which led to lasers, which led to the internet, which sure. all of a sudden we had this massive incline of um, technology oh, yeah. happening um, suspiciously since that time. And, you know, I, I, I came into this project, not a skeptic, but, but somebody who's always been interested, but just not thought one way or another about it, you yeah. know? And doing all the research for this has is, is really, really made me as close to a, a believer, I suppose, as, as you can be. You huh. know, there's all these witness accounts you can read. There's NASA footage. There's there's so many things that really point to the fact that these things are real. Sure. And, you know, it's not a question of if they're real for me anymore. It's a question of, like, what are they? Because they're there and they exist. And, you know, the thing is now there's just so much crap footage out there that people have to wade through. You know, a lot of people know how to doctor film and... But there's enough solid footage um, out there that you can make your own opinion, I suppose. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, if it started, you know, like, with, um, like, the Nazis, how they were, like, trying to deal with, like, the occult and stuff like that, you know, and, like, also, like, you know, kind of interested in stuff like UFOs. I mean, I wonder if that was, like... Well, you also I, had, I mean, just to segue, we have an episode called um, Operation Paperclip, which is based on... Um, exactly that and we had all these german um uh prisoners of war or whatever that we ended up employing and yeah. having them make rockets yeah. <laughs> you know there's very strange things going on behind the scenes but um that's that's actually one of my favorite it's a good episode um that's episode number four or five or something like that i, I, I wonder how it's going to be like in you know another it's whatever 40 years or something you know and what what kind of knowledge we'll have and then like people there'll be a tv show and like i don't know like your kid will be the actor or something and mm. you know be like like the Halden collider you know like mm. uh whether like that guy like showed up in in the inside of it like that do you know about all that no I don't. yeah I like that I, I guess like a do you know about it it's like he's like a swiss or i guess a swiss like um scientists and they have this this um they're trying to create a black hole and and inside of their like facility some guy like turned up and then and then he disappeared you know and they're like what like what you know and, i mean you can research it online and like i think it talks about like mountain dew and all this weird shit mm -hmm. you know it's like what so i mean i wonder like again is it like just like some fake thing or is, i mean i don't know like because someone's coming up with these ideas it's like it's like the concept of like you know you know i guess like early humans couldn't understand what certain things were so they created angels and they're like oh an angel but like that could easily have been just like the, the, yeah people don't understand like because it took like the you know like with the natives it took like shamans or whatever to say like oh those are um ships like sea ships coming in to like invade us and but like but people couldn't see them until like someone explained like those are like that's a thing like you mm. couldn't see it until that's the right. shaman pointed out that's a really out. good point because you know we we are viewing the world and space from our own you know minuscule version of, of science and intelligence and um, we're seeing everything in uh, you know as light you know and but, but, but we've learned if anything like that that there's all this gray matter and black sure. matter and everything yeah. is is not 
as it looks like on sure. the tin, you know, until we figure that out. Other I mean, dimensions. Once you look even into radio radio waves, you all of a sudden see all this other motion happening sure. that seems to be invisible. But there's there's a lot of other things at work in the universe that we still have yet to discover. Um, and I think we've, in a way, as much as we've progressed technologically, we've regressed um, <laughs> in in. Well, I guess spiritually. I mean, I know that word's uh, thrown around in a, in a weird way, but you know what I mean by that. You know, in, in our connection to the earth, sure. and oh, to totally. each other, yeah. Our you know ability to. I think we have an ability to be more telepathic or clairvoyant or whatever that has been squashed over the years, and I think partially it has to do with science. You uh-huh. know, we've become obsessed with breaking down the atom and, and pigeonholing everything. You uh-huh. know, call back on what we were talking about before, and um, maybe to our discredit. But then there's like things like organized religion. So like it, all of a sudden, if 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 the world goes or governments or whoever officials are like, oh, there's alien life forms. It's like, well, how does that factor into like Christianity? Like, well, okay, your religion's thrown out the window because your whole thing is wrong. You know, there's like all these other like life forms or whatever. And I think that that probably is the biggest fear that maybe you know so-called Western civilized uh, countries or people or whatever might have well that's that's in a way why the church came out somewhat recently and said yeah there is because yeah. there. <laughs> they're trying to get ahead of the game yeah you know, it's like t- taking the piss out of yourself first like yeah we're talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the same same kind of thing it's like hang on yeah <laughs> but um it all has to be the same i mean i i think if anything our history has been written in a certain way to control the masses history is written by the victors you know you go to a different country and you read history it's a totally different thing so it's um you know, I, th- I think if, if some more kind of disclosure were to happen about all this, it would blow a hole in our perception sure. of reality and history. And it would bewilder a lot of people. And I think that that's partially why this thing was created back then, was to, to control that from happening. Sure. And it still is. You know, we're still being fed information based on what, you know, news channel we watch. You know, I can't watch Fox News. I can't watch CNN. For the same reason, you know, yeah. it's like I don't want a completely biased take on what's going on, um, and I also just don't want to fill my head with all that shit. Sure, sure. Go, going back um, to how you were talking about connecting on a human level and how science kind of like took us away from that. Um, I've smoked DMT quite enough <laughs> to like I've connected with aliens and have spoken with them without talking you know without i've never it's just i i can hear what they're saying and they're just staring at me and i've done enough dmt like with whites? somebody they're tall there's there's different ones out there but as far as the farthest i've gotten because every time you smoke and like let yourself go you kind of go through different phases you'll find there's this guidance like girl that's above you hovering and she takes you to a certain level and then there's these other like it's hard to explain but there's other creatures that will take you to this next room and then this next room and then there's finally this point where I got to where there are two it's almost like I was at these, this gate there's two on each side of me and just talk to them on themselves and then talk to me Hear everything. No mouse remain on And they just decided I'm not going through that fucking gate. And just <laughs> fucking pushed me back. But my point, not 
if I had a point or not. But I think like the how you're saying like technology and science kind of took us away from that spirituality, whatever. I I think humans are just using the science and technology wrong because mm. aliens are more using it to where they're building or like expanding all the knowledge of like the universe and it's and we use it for like greedy reasons and to gain money and we lose touch with that rather than like because i've swear i've smoked even and it bugs me because people are going to hear this and laugh like oh, it's on drugs <laughs> uh, of course but that's but, what you're up against but in I've this conversation EMT you know? with say like with you i've smoked it <clears throat> with um andy yeah and we've passed it around and swear like looking at each other and have fucking watched ourselves disappear like i seen him disappear and he's seen me disappear and we were like talking to each other the whole time and then just snapped out of it and we're like dude we really like you could hear almost what i was thinking like we saw the same things we're almost talking to each other but never said a word well this is the thing with psychedelics in general you know an lsd test back in the day you know it's all of a sudden, this this stuff that was extremely potent and mind altering and expanding mm -hmm. was cracked down upon and and blacklisted. And um, I mean, marijuana only recently has become legalized. Yeah, but um, it's another thing of control of the masses. We want you to be a cog in the wheel. We want you to be a part of the machine to make money and pay us money, and boom, and then die. <laughs> well, the thing was, I mean, that's a grim outlook, but it, I mean, look, we're born into this world. We don't have a choice. And so, you know, I think about, you know, as a, as a dad, um, I would love to have had my son grow up without a television, without having any of that um, influence, but it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. And you, uh, you just have to, um, you spend a lot of your time just doing random shit, either for money or to just get by. And there's no time to sit around and think about the universe like in a genuine way. So you go online and you look up what it's about, written by somebody else. You know, the great thing about the shamans is that that's their bread and butter. Is they are connected, they're in touch. Yeah. They're not they're not going to a desk job and trying to be a shaman at night. You know. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if like all the you know. Not to sound like a coastal elite or something, but like the midsection of America, like like I wonder if they all just uh, well, I, mean, I don't know, you know, give them like give them DMT or LSD or whatever, and like and then be like, all right, now f now like go back to the voting booth. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what do you think now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spray it over the fields in a way, <laughs> like an Asian orange. Really. Yeah. Uh, damn, where do we go with? Oh, so you know, it's weird because it's like our our. We fill in the blanks uh, with something, you know. Someone tells you like that's the answer to this. Like the answer to like, you know, life is you or the way you have the reason why you have to act a certain way is because there you will have to repent and you know and God says this and that. But then it's it's either like little things like people like talking about like reincarnation and afterlife and it's like, and I always trip out on that like thinking like there's no way that there's an afterlife. I you know like when my dad died when I was a, when I was a kid. I was like he's he, that's it. He's dead. He you know, I you know, he was cremated and like. The whole thing was a bunch of shit, and it sucked, and that's it. And, but then I started thinking, like, the concept of um, information stored in DNA. So, like, that's your past lives because people – I am recently, like, met this woman who, I, I guess, would help people get in touch with their past lives. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked a little bit about it, and she sort of – that's where she makes her living. So she wasn't, like, as – I guess, like uh, – 
uh, you know, cl like clear about it or like o like opaque about it. Or, you know, she was just like she was a little like uh, hesitant to kind of open up about it. But she was basically saying like you're 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 right. Like you have information stored in your DNA, and that's your past lives. It's not that like we have this like sort of um, you know t like sort of like uh, Bible esque version of like uh, whatever it was that that happened before this life and then you'll be another one but it's like yeah because your dna is going to be passed on to whatever and st <clears throat> stored in other ways that we don't even understand like there's data in all of our dna so that's right and we, um, we have no idea we and yeah. I, I think we're also just going back to what you're saying earlier you know we, we are always looking elsewhere for the secrets of existence in life as opposed to looking in yeah uh -huh. and the universe is within you, you yeah know, it's as above so below kind of thing um and um we forget that you know, we're always trying to get tips from other people. And it is important. Some people can give you pointers mm -hmm. to steer you into a different path. But um, people are so unable to sit still and listen to themselves. And you have most of the answers if you are able to listen, I think. But people are too arrogant, you know, and like n narcissism is like. Well, and everyone has ADD. No one <laughs> yeah, to sit yeah. still. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, transcendental meditation is like a, an extremely. Um, yeah, psychedelic experience mm -hmm. for people who who know what that's about, you know, and um, that you get all the answers you need when you go into that place and find a, a sense of detachment from this world in a positive way. Yeah, you know, you have to be able to detach yourself from all the crap that's going on. And I mean, one thing that happened to me, um, this is not a DMT story, uh, <laughs> but uh, after Trump was elected, I was like, all right, that's it, turn off the news, and I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it since, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll tap in from time to time just to keep abreast of what's going on. But um, I realized I was just so angry, you know, in the lead up to that and everything. And it was making, it was affecting my life. I was just pissed all the time. And by, by switching it off, you know, a lot of people would like point with finger at me and be like, that's a cop out. You know, you're a part of the problem or whatever. But what I was doing was like finding my own peace without needing to be connected to everything else that was going on in order for me to get by, you know. Uh -huh. um, and I think that you need to take those moments of pause and reflection in order to be able to evolve personally. Hmm. You know, the, the space between things is a very sacred space and it's when you can actually allow a new kind of vision or whatever to, to come in so that you can act upon it. You know, and I feel like there's this real need for everybody to be involved in raising banners and fighting all these fights, and it squanders your energy. And I think it's important to realize what your particular plan is before yeah. you start spending all of your energy on a bunch of you, uh, on other people. You almost don't have shit. time these days to let yourself grow. You don't. The as world a, doesn't give you time. You're, you're yeah. in high school. They're already talking about which college you're going to yeah. go to and spend the next four years. You're and everywhere life. you're on your phone, and it's telling you what to what to think or you know pick a side here this you're gonna feel you know laugh at this hate this yeah love this so you actually it's right you, you don't have time to actually like get to know yourself even at some points and you know half the people you know i didn't go to college i, I went to drama school but um half the people you know i, I dated a girl in, in new york for a while and i remember going up to that university which will remain nameless but i'd never seen so many confused angry intelligent and drunk people in my life who were just like <laughs> pissed off about everything and i was like man what, what is even happening here and they didn't even know what they wanted to do half of them you know it's like well why are you spending so much money why are your parents spending so much money to send you here 
you should if you just work in a coffee shop you'll probably learn more than you're learning here yeah. you know i learned more working in a record store i mean if you, you stick know. it out and go through the the you know paying for art school like you're gonna just have a ton of debt you drop out and just go experiment and do some crazy weird shit that's not supposed to happen and then all of a sudden like then you could be successful or whatever success is that's also like yeah. arbitrary you know yeah um, being at peace, I suppose. Sure, sure. But yeah, I've been tripping out on like the whole deta not detaching or like, but like removing yourself from like the negative vibe because I, I, I like it's like when you you know let's say like there's um you know the there, there's a protest and you go and you know you're you're the, there's like neo Nazis or they're they're having a rally and mm -hmm, you go there mm -hmm. to like obviously like yeah fuck neo Nazis like let's go there and like combat them or do you do you, do you, it's like you're you're anti the anti, you know. It just makes it doesn't make sense necessarily. Like you probably would have have that energy could be spent d better going and doing something positive that would actually impact someone's life. That's my standpoint. Instead yeah. of fighting with a bunch of fuckheads, you know. Yeah. Like, well, I think you know by by doing that and man, it feels good. It feels good to fight. I totally you know? would like to smash a Nazi's face yeah. in, but well, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, but um, it's not going to change the world. It's going to make right. that guy that's, hate that's everybody else It's the more. long game, you sure. know, and I, I, I definitely believe that as much as things are fucked up right now, that, that there are a lot of small little sparks of change happening, and it's our job to focus on those and build them into little fires, you know, and um, rather than participating in, in hate, you know. I'm, I'm, I don't take any particular stance um, or religious stance at all because I, I feel like it's it's just saying I'm, I'm part of this team and you close yourself off sure you know, at my shows you know I um, music shows because you know I tour around Europe and there's um, many many different types of people that come to my shows and, uh, <laughs> I always say look I don't care what you believe um, leave it at the door we're here to have a good time yeah and hopefully they'll gain something from that so so like what like you're saying without talking shit i guess but like the lowest common denominator of like what someone's um in interest in the arts would be like oh my god there's this guy who's a vampire on a very popular tv show and now he's in a band i'm gonna go see his band and they for one they probably don't give a shit about music and they just go because it's like a thing and it's popular and they should just go and i guess if you were to go and have be spouting off like a bunch of propaganda you right. know they're gonna be like fuck that you know but instead like i mean who knows maybe that one random person will find this podcast and be and like then they can actually hear like a uh and more of an in-depth you know uh i guess conversation on like why and the hows and the who's then mm -hmm. like fuck trump you know That's like right. that it's like yeah everyone can say that like yeah. you can wear that banner but it's not gonna go anywhere it doesn't mean anything anymore though yeah you know and people don't even know why they're saying it anymore it's, i just don't like the guy yeah you know i mean well Great. That's mean, not a fair comment because like there's some terrible shit that's going on and don't get me wrong I'm 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 not a supporter of that but um, yeah I think that's that's my point exactly is like I, I think that the way that I've found I can make a change is by accepting everybody and hoping that um, the people who have opinions of hate that'll just slowly ebb that away I mean, who knows? I mean I'm not a fucking savior sure. and I'm not trying to say that but that's just how I choose to live my life and I I um, I hope that that resonates with with some people who are fans of what I do. You know, I mean, I guess you've been a, you've been like you were a, a bad vampire and now you're a bad in, in detective. Right? So, Great detective. <laughs> well, bad as far like a bad guy, right? I mean, you're, you're well, well not depending so much. on how you. It depends on how you look at it, but okay. he, he definitely starts out 
um, pretty skeptical and trying to close the cases down. He views the uh, astrophysicist so guy. So he, he, he gets changed. Well, yeah, they, they kind of have these shared experiences and they actually see some things together and, and you know, they're, the series ends on a real, you know, um, cliffhanger. Mm. Um, An anal probe? A re a real, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, wah, wah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, it's 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 not quite a bad a bad dude, and it, he, you know, they both have their own things that people connect with and think that's pretty cool. You know, my character is very much a, a master purveyor of the human carnivore. You know, he reads people well, he understands psychology, he knows when people are bullshitting, and you know, there's that element of it where he'll leave an interview and he'll be like, "Guy's full of shit." Well, the doctor's like, how are you doing? So he's a good like, detective, but not a good... he's moving his hands when he's doing that, yeah, when he's uh, looking at me and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not a spoiler or anything, but there's a scene um, where that happens. But, um, you know, and the, the doctor obviously has his extremely intellectual ways of um, justifying things. And they both end up finding a mutual respect for each other and very much become a team. Uh -huh. so they're both the, the protagonists of the show, in a way. Sure. Yeah. And, and, yeah, going back to that, so, like, what kind of research did were you suggested to do or did did i mean did you just go do it your on your own or yeah um you're usually left to your own devices for these things um i actually it's, it's funny because i was i was on a european tour and i got cast and had to cancel a few days and fly out there the next week to start shooting Whoa. and i was like okay i'm i haven't done any research because i didn't even know i had the part you know uh -huh. so I had to do some serious cramming, um, and I was definitely still. Re I'm still researching. Sure. Like I've definitely gotten the bug. I'm pretty obsessed by all wow. this stuff now, and um, it's completely changed my opinion about this world and universe. Um, Before I forget, can you suggest yeah. something like for people to 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 like check yeah. out? Um, Maybe in relation to the show, but also just in general about ufology. Yeah, sure. Um, so you know my the. the Captain that my character is based on, Rupelt, wrote the um, what was it called? Um, the report on unidentified flying objects, and um, that goes into so many of the blue book cases. It's it's a, a, a must read for anybody who's interested in the phenomenon. There's also loads of really great documentaries on Amazon that I've been watching. You know, there's a lot of crap ones. Oh yeah. But there's one I know what I saw, um, which was recommended to me by my showrunner which delves into a lot of these accounts. And the thing that's harrowing about all of it is no matter what you think, when you listen to some of these witnesses talking about what they saw, it, just on a straight up, do I believe them kind of thing, you're like, I, I fucking believe these guys. Yeah. You know, They don't want the notoriety. They wish this would all go away. And there's a lot of them are like simple country folk who are like, man, I did not... I don't want anything to do with this, and yeah. yet no one's believing me, and everyone's saying I'm a liar and like ruining mm -hmm. my reputation in town, and it's um it's pretty fascinating. I mean, I think this is just a trough of stuff you can you can look look at, but um, yeah, it was just a starting point. So then, I wonder like, what was not allowed? You know, what I'm saying like how I forgot you're telling me about the the writer of of that book right that they, mm -hmm. they changed after he passed away like the, the yeah uh, they would change they changed a whole whole, whole chunk in certain yeah. words and things and but this I mean, is uh, an I ongoing thing you know like the nsa documents and stuff you you know they've been released yeah. to the public but, but everything's blot, blocked out, blotted out yeah. except for like five words so <laughs> yeah we have the documents but 
You don't know what the fuck they say. But I mean, so then like, then you make art, let's say your TV show or someone makes a film or whatever, mm -hmm. and then it just, you can just discredit it as like, oh, that's science fiction or whatever. But like, it does have, I mean, the show is based on something true. You know? Yeah, so, well, this is the thing we're up against, you know, is <clears throat> whenever you do anything that's um, historical fiction, you're going to have people to go, mm -mm, that didn't happen like that, you know, like, but look, there was no cameras or bugs in the Blue Book offices. I mean, we're talking about Queen Victoria or whatever. You can only surmise what oh, yeah. situations would yeah. have happened. And obviously you're going to have people that are, are like, nah, that's, that's not how it went down. But mm -hmm. yeah, we take certain liberties, you know, um, they were not really on the ground solving cases necessarily at this degree that, that we are portraying. Um, um, Heineck actually had worked alongside um, the government before on something else as opposed to being a new dude. There's a few little discrepancies, but the, the main point is that we want to entertain. Sure, sure. And secondly, to inform. Uh -huh. And uh, History's also doing a little follow-up piece after every episode, which delves into oh, cool. the, yeah, um, I like when each particular that. case. We're doing a, a podcast with Sci-Fi, which will be um, on after every episode, where we delve into more of the backstory and things. So... You know, is sci-fi related to History Channel? No, no, no it's interesting. <clears throat> but there's a big following for this kind of stuff there. But um, the most important thing is that it's appealing to a bigger audience who potentially wouldn't be, haven't been aware of all this stuff going on, and will inform them at least to give them starting point to to find out more about it because it's one of america's biggest uh, the world's biggest untold um, histories sure i mean i wonder like it as an american thing it seems kind of interesting to kind of look at it like that like you know like yeah okay why would why would ufos just come to america it's just that's another like sort of like narcissistic kind of yeah like, they're here all over <laughs> yeah, international. yeah i mean we, we, there's yeah. many global cases you know there's big ones where you know ships have gone down and people have come out like in yeah um various different places the, the countries escape me but you know mexico is so some of the biggest sightings sure almost the biggest um places in europe there's england there's a very famous famous one at a nuclear base american nuclear base there there's all this actually this activity around nuclear bases too yeah it's fascinating well the atomic bombs too is when they that's when everything sort of came about so mm -hmm. that would that would make sense as far as like a scholastic, you know, like a, like a, yeah, like a scholastic measure, but like, it is weird that it just all of a sudden was like a thing to, you know, like that, that people talked about. Yeah. wonder what it was before that. I guess just people couldn't see it, you know, or they didn't know to look for it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once you say there's things out there, people start looking. I mean, I know I do. I stand Me out on, too. My, on my balcony, on my, uh, my porch and I'm just like, ah. Especially on tour, like in the middle of nowhere at night, I'm yeah. just like, I'm constantly seeing shit. Like, what was that? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then I always write it off. Like, that was probably some kind of weird, like, government ship that I'm not, you know. Or, or if it is a, you know, a UFO, it's like it's part of the government, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's another, I guess, spin on the. Yeah, yeah. There's many things. different theories, and they're all plausible in, yeah. in certain ways. It's crazy, too, because I've been to, it's close to, I you know, like, Roswell as you could get and like it, it's there's a vibe man it's weird mm -hmm. how like sh sketchy shit seems and like I don't know like uh, uh, like just ridiculous stuff that kind of like you know when you stop for gas and you're at this gas station and like I, I don't know like just 
the things that happen, like some, you know, some blind guy trying to get a ride closer to, to Roswell. And you're like, what the hell? Like, mm. are you really blind or what? You know, and then you go inside and the, the clerk at the gas station's like, she's a, she says she's a vampire and has no idea what like area 51 is. And you're like, what? Like you, you live like within like 10 miles from this thing, you know, or whatever, you know, and, and you're a vampire. Like what the fuck, you know? So like, I don't know. I, I wonder like, well, it's, it's a real thing, man. I mean, they're just, just all actors. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. It's good yeah. for business, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, Roswell, if, yeah. you, if you've been to Roswell, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty, I mean, I'm sorry if there's any listeners in Roswell, but it is a pretty grim place. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but around there, you know, I have a friend who I've met recently um, who told me about also coming face-to-face with an alien out around that way. Yeah. I can't talk anymore about that, but you know, you have these people who are super real and compass mentis who are saying these things and almost in a way of like, I don't know if I should tell you this, but yeah, that happened to me. And you know, the more of those things that pile up, you know, the more you really realize that it's it's about the big picture, you know, every little case you can pick apart. Once you step back and see it like a, a magic eye, you remember those magic eye books mm-hmm. where you like cross your eyes slightly and all of a sudden oh, yeah, the picture yeah, pops yeah, out? Yeah. That's what this has felt like for me is over time, I've gone further and further back and seen the, the quantity of things and it's just popped out like a magic eye. But. It's, it's weird because I, I, I like meeting, I've never, I don't, I mean, I, I guess I've met people that like I, I knew this kid that was like, my parents are not human, you know? And I'm like, what? And, you know, and then, like, I met his parents, and they said the same, that they, he wasn't... He's not human. No, We're they're, human. they're saying not. that he's not, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, weird things like that. But then, when I was younger, in high school, um, I met this guy that was a... Um, I guess he was a private investigator, and he was investigating a, a student in our school. And so he became friends with our the drummer of um, Struggle, my, my first band, and would, like, hang out with us. And, like, all these things happened where, like... Okay, so the first time he came... he what like came to our rehearsal he had all these files of ufo stuff and i was like man i don't know like you know with the typical photos of like a ufo in the air like over a mountain and i'm like dude i don't i don't know if i you know believe this and it was but there was little things where like you know like so we started practicing and he he like stuck all these like electrodes to his chest and laid on the floor and we're like what are you doing and he's like i'm trying to like get the energy or some bullshit i'm like what and i'm like okay this guy is full of it but then sure enough like the next rehearsal, he showed up with an Uzi, and we're like, "Why do you have that?" And he's like, "Oh, I got all, you know, I do like, I work for like these other organizations, and like, you know, gun. yeah, yeah." Right. And it it opened up pretty big because um, he he at one point like drove um, half of our band to Santa Barbara to play a show, and he got pulled. We got I wasn't in the car; I was driving in the other car, but they got pulled over for speeding, and the police pulled him over, and in this trunk he had a bazooka. And he, but they didn't arrest him. And he has, I don't know how or why, but he basically like worked for Greenpeace and like they would go blow up like whaling ships and stuff. So, I mean, he was on another level, but like he definitely had these like, he's like, you don't even understand like technologically what is out there. He's like, let me just say like all of this shit's real. And I'm like, dude, maybe this guy is for real, you know? And he would, he would bring like, a, he brought this laser that you could go like up on a mountain and point it in someone's car or house and you could hear everything. And I was like, whoa, okay. And this is when I was 16. So whatever year that was a long time ago. And and so like that, my mind was like, whoa, I, 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 I'm, I'm so, I'm so naive. And I'm like only in this little box, like there's so much shit that we can't even comprehend. So like when you do meet someone, they're like, this happened to me. You, you kind of have to like 
give them credit or take yeah. take that at some face value Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I mean, if that story was told to me before doing all this research, I, I probably would have written it off a bit. Really? Been like, all right, yeah, you know, or your your story as well, you know. But um, it's yeah, it's um, <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> ellipses. <laughs> so let's talk about your music a bit. <clears throat> sure. When are you gonna start a hardcore band again? Let's do it, man. We got a studio right here. Yeah, yeah. And I still got my scream. <clears throat> um, I do miss that. Um, yeah, so yeah, my band was called Shady Side. That was the main, the main one I was in for a number of years. We like recorded in Nashville and toured around the Midwest. But you know, during that time, I, my band would write like a song a year. There was a lot of pot being smoked, but I was like writing so much. Uh, so many lyrics, so much lyrics. <laughs> I read so much lyrics, but I was just raring to put these to songs, and it was like taking forever. So that's why uh, I taught myself how to play guitar. Wow! It was like so I could be, you know, bring stuff to the table yeah. a bit more. And um, yeah, I've, ever since then, you know, like played, written music while I was at drama school. I always had a guitar. Whenever I've been traveling, I always have it with me or a little keyboard or something. And yeah, the the stuff I've put out so far, you know, my first full length was couple years ago i think uh mongrels and then captain solitaire came out this year which was like a, a three song little ep yeah and um you know it's mostly been finger picking style you know i'm very influenced by like leonard cohen and nick cave tom waits those guys those sure. are my like trinity of, of of artists that i um like yeah those guys aren't too they're not <laughs> they too, bad. too bad yeah <laughs> some of them are a little bad but um yeah, but I'm I'm at a point now where the the sounds kind of shifting a little bit, and um, the the last thing I released, Captain Solitaire, that song in particular, kind of is a nod to the the new direction slightly. You know, it's got a electronic um, kind of organic electronic drum sound to uh -huh. it. It's um, a little moodier and less singer songwritery, and I feel like there's this trap with when you're kind of a singer songwriter who has an acoustic guitar and this expectation of telling your own stories and wearing your heart on your sleeve and sure fuck that man <laughs> that's that's um not where i want to go with yeah. music and i found that um i'm more interested in the theatricality of it now and huh. telling other people's stories or you know talking about stuff in, in a different way that's not just me whining about shit um, <laughs> which i don't consider my shit whiny at all but like you know what i mean yeah um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out where what to do with it. Um, I'm very excited about the, all the demos I've I've made, and um, yeah, it's um, I'm at a place where I'm taking that space between the silence to allow the uh, thought in of what to do with it. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like uh, when Tom Waits released "Bad as Me," I think was the one where it was like, I think that was what it's called, but it was like so big and mean. It was mm. it was like nasty you know and like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like i don't know for me i felt like he was obviously like pretty i think he has a lot of like experimental aspects to his music but you were like where's those where are those drum beats coming from like what is that sound it sounds like destruction in a in a time signature you know like it's pretty much yeah i mean he was like taking an old dresser and beating it with a bat in his to garage yeah totally yeah. and the thing is like what was his influence like you know the ongoing war in iraq you know like that's mm. there's so much like just nasty like sort of just fuck you to the administration mm. and, the, and, the, mm -hmm. and the government and war and and it was like it was cool because it took like 
the singer songwriter aspect away and made it like this really weird like avant-garde i mean i guess he's always kind of been like that you know like where like i guess someone like let's say leonard cohen like you you really wouldn't see him like pissed like yeah. bashing no. on shit you well, know in some ways it was it was that trio of records you know swordfish trombones rain dogs and frank's wild years where all of a sudden uh, it was like yeah. i forget what that guitarist name is incredible but really um part of that whole sound but where he just went into this weird almost carnivalesque totally land yeah. and it just blew a hole in because the old stuff was very beatnik it's him in the piano, yeah yeah which i love i yeah, absolutely love that yeah. stuff but i love even more is is like rain dogs for instance which for me was like the the one of the albums that really changed my course of songwriting and um, my life really yeah it uh, is weird to like take people i guess i mean i don't know if you want to call them singer songwriters but like like I remember, like kind of discovering David Van Ronk. Oh yeah. And uh, you're like, great. um, there's there's like some of his material that's just, you know, because he was singing about the Vietnam War, and you and you and you when you kind of hear that emotion in it, where it's like it is nasty, and he's he's got something really really to say. It's not about like heartbreak or, I don't know, like the more simplistic uh, things that we that we we songwriters i'm not i don't know what the fuck i'm writing about you yeah, know I, yeah, I mean i know yeah. what i'm writing about but i'm like I, I it's for me i could never write about like heartbreak right. i could write about like the end of the world you know or like uh i don't know like yeah, yeah like <laughs> the end of the world yeah, <laughs> yeah but like that's easy a relationship whatever like that yeah. doesn't matter and yeah. another thing is i mean it is a bigger picture because to me like i think like I, I'm, I'm assuming like someone like you know Dave Van Ronk or, or, or Tom Waits or whoever, like, or, I mean, I, Leonard Cohen's more like this, oh God, I don't know. I don't want to discredit some of his work, but like you, he, it is like lovey, like love stuff, you know, Poetry. like a heart, heartbreak, mm. you know? Mm. And like, that's things like, yeah, that fuels a lot of the shit that I would like to write about. But like, not that it's easy, but like for me, it's like, it's, it, it feel, I feel like it's natural to like write about something larger yeah you know, um, because that, that's what is good and works for you and that's what you've been doing and that's awesome and i think the thing is we've all got our little niche and i don't want to call it a pigeonhole that's not what i mean by niche i mean like you find your drive and just fucking put that on steroids and do that yeah sure. that, then you're servicing yourself and you're servicing the world by being yourself and writing about what naturally comes out you yeah. know and I, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to, to fit into a mold or to, to oh I need to write political songs or I need to write a love song it's like nah dude. Or, or going back to that idea of like you didn't go to college yeah when we when you're in college or even in high school everyone's like what are you gonna do and I'm like oh fuck mm. I'm not even sure what I'm gonna eat for dinner tonight right. you know let alone like what am I doing four years and whatever I I'm so glad that I didn't take that route I would be an asshole right now oh, you know like uh, or you know be stuck at like being an yeah. asshole like you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to like just go like fuck it because I did try to go to college and I kept dropping <clears> out because I was like I'm gonna go on tour and I'll go back to college next semester mm. you know and, and then I was like all right fuck it I'm gonna keep doing this we well, just gotta get going and start working you know there's a quote from I forget who some artist Matisse or somebody or Picasso I don't know it's like inspiration comes while you're working and I couldn't believe that more you know, I feel like when I'm when I'm writing and working on a song, stuff just happens. And if you embrace the the the, the every little part of it and the fuck ups and everything, all of a sudden you're building something that you never would have imagined you were setting out to build. You know, sure. I'll, I'll never go say I'm going to write a song about this or I'm going to write a song about that. It always starts with, you know, 
usually the music and kind of what lyrics start to fall out when I'm freestyling over top of it. And then I'm starting to kind of put together this like moth-eaten dress of a song. And all of a sudden I see, you know, what it is. Yeah, and then sure. I'm like, oh, and then you get a renewed sense of inspiration when you try to formulate it and put it into what came out of your subconscious. Yeah. You know? And for me, that's that's how I work. Huh. Well, I wonder, like, because there's always, like, this weird shift that I see in people where, like, so for me, like, I, I grew up, like, playing music and just kind of being criticized by everyone, like, my parents, but also, like, by my peers and by, you know, society or, like, people at high school or whatever. Like, everyone's just like, you you suck, <laughs> you know? And I was like, all right, cool, fuck you. I'm going to do it even gnarlier now, That's you right. know? That's right, yeah. It and gave you energy in a way. I think so. And and But I but I do see, like, a lot of people, like, you know, they'll, they'll like, kind of hit me up and be like, what do you think of my record? I'm like, dude, don't ever ask. For one, I don't want to have to be, like... I don't want to lie, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm probably an not, awkward position, you know, right? and I'm like, I don't like a lot of shit. Like, I don't know. But I always say like, just dude, just do whatever you do. And like, you should love it. And you shouldn't mm. care what anyone thinks. Cause I mean, fuck, even like when, you know, when Luke and I put out the Planet B record, when we were done, I was like, ah, oh, it's not that good. I don't, I don't think it's that good. Like this sucks. Let's, but, but it made us like do it, a, the newer shit, like even better. And like you step it up. But I feel like a lot of people are like, Hey, what do you think? Is this cool? Like, I'm going to go on the, in, I, I don't know. It's a trip. People need validation. It's a know? weird thing. And um, you should self-validate. You know, people need to learn to, 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 to question themselves. Like, is this resonating with me? If so, then it will resonate with others if it's genuine. A lot know? of those people need that, that, like, they ask you, hey, what do you think of this? But in the head, they're already like, this is so good. This is so... <laughs> yeah, just I mean? tell me what I already know. Exactly. That's what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Me, I'm always like... Ugh. If you're going to give your record to somebody, you have to be able to accept, you know, the mm -hmm. other side of that. And, and, and I, Or don't give them the pressure of yeah, saying, like, don't I need an bother. answer. That's right. Like, yeah, here yeah. it is. Don't tell me what you think. And that's, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And I'll just assume it's bad. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I mean, yeah. I was told like my first band was garbage, the second band was garbage. You know, and I, and then I then I started realizing like, oh shit, what I do sucks. I probably should try to figure out how to do it better. And, I, and that was on my own. But like, I never asked someone like, hey, what do you think? But it was like the times where people said like, it's bad, and I'm like, okay, this is fucked up. I gotta try to. Well, most people say something's bad because they don't see it out there right now or whatever. Maybe. I mean, that's 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 one part of it. You yeah. Know? Sometimes it is mm -hmm. just shit. Yeah. But yeah. oftentimes, you know, your criticisms are often your your biggest assets because people, you know, that's what makes you you by saying, oh, it's a bit like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that little thing, you know, sometimes you got to cultivate like, all right, you hate that part of it. I'm going to fucking do that more. more. Yeah. And I'm going to do it louder and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it better. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of a lot of great artists have have totally gone down that route. Um, I mean, even fucking speaking of painters again, but like, you know. Was it Van Gogh who was poor as hell up until he died and became famous way afterwards? Yeah. You know, where pe people didn't understand or connect with it at the time. And now all of a sudden his pieces are going for millions. Yeah. You know? Or if you're doing well, like, let's say Elvis, you just become like this fat piece of shit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, hanging out with the president. Fuck, and, well, that, that whole situation. I, mean, I played Elvis for a year in the West End, actually, yeah. on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. talked about it, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, and um, that's another thing where... People all have their own. But you were young Elvis, at least. Young Elvis, 1956. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't have to put any weight for yeah. it. But um, you know, th 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 there's one point that I remember specifically where I'm playing "That's All Right, Mama." And I look down, glance down the front row, and there's this old bird with her husband. She like crosses her arms, 
leans over to him and because there's music playing super loud she has to almost shout it she's like he's too short wow <laughs> and it fucking crushed me at first and i was like fuck man yeah i am like probably by an inch damn it <laughs> Oh, where's some platform? But instead of doing that, it actually kind of empowered me a little bit because I thought, you know what? If if someone dug, if we dug up Elvis and stuck him on a stage and played for this exact same crowd, she'd probably be crossing her arms and shaking her head about something else. Yeah, yeah. you know, everyone's got totally. their own interpretation of who these icons were. Yeah, and history in general sure. to go back to the to the show, and um, it's it's not our job to to exactly be. I mean. You know, Johnny Cash, Joaquin Phoenix played him, I thought, brilliantly in the Walk the Line because yeah. he wasn't impersonating yeah. him. He yeah. brought so much of himself to that role, and it was super dark and super grounded and yeah. invested. And I feel like for me playing this character now, I, I did all my research and really tried to incorporate a lot of, um, of that, but it was more important for me to find what I connected with and to create my own version of, huh. of this character that, that can actually live and breathe as opposed to worrying about connecting all the dots and ticking all the boxes. Sure. You know? There's a time and place huh. for that. You got to do the research, but yeah. if, if, if it connects with you and you bring something of yourself to it, it's, it moves from just a, a decent performance to something that's a little more um, interesting to watch, I think. You know? But maybe it's like the maybe it's the character or the, the subject because like when you think about something like Johnny Cash <clears throat> where he kind of like, I don't know. It's interesting to look at him in, in, in comparison to like, I guess the legacy of like Elvis, you know, because like Johnny Cash was like pretty, I mean, Elvis might've been badass to some extent, but like Johnny Cash never let up, you know? And even at he the end of his, he was more of a rebel man. Like, sure. But like he, you know, up. but then like that motherfucker was taking like nine inch nails and like making their song better than that ever mm. was you know mm. and you're like dude that says so much that song is incredible that cover you know and like i love the, all of his american recordings it's yeah really but the, the fact that he can do that is is awesome where like you know then there's like elvis like towards the i mean i guess maybe it's like you can chalk you know chalk it up to being addicted to drugs or whatever but like that that performance where he was like in that white jumpsuit and he's kind of like looking, comeback special yeah and he's like like mumbling and shit and like doesn't sing it right i God, you find this I'm the best. Is that the right one? Oh, wait, one? No, maybe we're talking about something else. It, um, it's pretty grim. There, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? This was like televised, and there's parts where he like... Oh, yeah, it is the comeback. Story. Yeah, and he yeah. can't sing right, and you're just like, dude, that's so insane right now, like that that it happened, and that his legacy went on. It seems like it, like that kind of shit should have just tarnished everything. Well, know. nowadays, in this current climate, it would. Oh, it will. I mean, yeah. everybody, everybody that we idolize and look if, back on once they would fuck be up, castrated right now. They'd all be in jail. They'd all have so so many accounts of like sexual misconduct on them, you know, drug addict, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, we live in a weird time where you can't make any misstep or you're fucking crucified. It's yeah. a very strange time to be alive. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of intimidating, you know. I think with everything, it's gone too far, it swings back, you know, we're that's what keeps me feeling hopeful about what's going on now is that I know that it always swings back. So hopefully the lessons that we're learning now, which are really good in a way, you know, we shouldn't believe everything we're, we're taught that we're shown on the news. Oh, you know? sure. We're starting to question more what actually is going on, which even for the last administration, people were still a little bit more like sheep. Whereas now I think we're maybe creating mm. a bit more of a mindset of like, hang on a second. Yep. No, I need to know. I need to know mm. for me. 
and that's one of the positive things I can glean from the the current climate. You know, I, I've a lot of people I know who were a lot more closed-minded, and now they're like, "Hang on, wait, I don't know what I am. Am I a Republican or, or a yeah. Democrat?" Well, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. What do you actually <laughs> think? What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Fuck the teams. And you know? then that make it go, come full circle. It's like there's aliens. Like who gives a <laughs> shit if you're a Republican or Democrat? Yeah. Like shit is way bigger <laughs> than that fucking stupid, you know. That's right. Minuscule crap that people are fighting about. I know. Like oh, you're the superior race, white supremacist. Well, jokes on you because there's yeah. a fucking alien race and you're just an asshole. Gray supremacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's an interesting thing too. It's like God, can someone just come out with the alien thing? Because we can get rid of like a lot of prejudices. We can fucking yeah. get rid of white power shit. You can get rid of religion or like organized religion. Like fuck it, make same things so much radder. Well, it all has to be the same. You know, I mean, I believe. Um, I, I, um, I grew up and studied a lot of religions um, um, and cultures, and I'm very blessed. My dad's an anthropologist and teaches the classics, wow. so I was exposed to like the Bhagavad Gita and like wow. all these things when I was younger. And what I ha- believe is that every religion has to come from the same source. They all were brought at a certain time in history when the people could understand certain things, and it's basically essentially the exact same thing stemming from the golden rule, you know do unto others what you would have done unto you. Yeah. And at the core of it all is love, but it's become completely bastardized and torn into sects and just becomes about these these team antics. But at the end of the day, if there is a God, it's the same one. Like, <laughs> I hate to break it to you guys, but it is yeah. the same. But it all has to agree. Science and religion have to be synonymous, one and the same. Uh-huh. You know, it's... I think it's not a question of, of whether there's a God or not. It's like... I think that's irrelevant. There just is what is. Or we're just not capable of actually understanding what is the truth or what is the... Maybe that doesn't even exist. It's beyond mm. our capability. I mean, I think humans yeah. only use like a, a a small portion of our brain. Like, 10% or something like that. Yeah. yeah, so like let's unlock the rest and then like, fuck, maybe we can get our shit together. Yeah, yeah, fucking <laughs> <can> get along. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, I don't know, so... Where do you? I mean, that could be a, a good way to wrap wrap this if you want. Get our see if humans can get our shit together. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean, we covered quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. think that uh, Donald Trump is the only president the uh, MJ-12 holds stuff back from? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> I mean, you saw, this guy. you saw his hair flapping when he was, you know, getting on Air Force One that one day. Maybe he's got a, you know, maybe he's actually an alien. Who knows? It's called Fake News. Planet, Planet B. B. So there you have it. That was episode 10 of Colton Culture's podcast. I would like to thank Michael Malarkey for coming on our show. I'd like to thank uh, all the aliens, um, the Pleiadians, the Greys, and whoever else. Also, don't forget to watch Project Blue Book on the History Channel Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. And lastly, um, hit us up on uh, social media, you know, on Planet B's Instagram or Facebook or 31G's stuff or whatever, and, um, and you know, get at us with your... Um, I don't know your UFO stories tell us if you have any uh, crazy experiences or things you want to share and we can kind of engage more um, on this topic 
on social media and kind of, you know, try to rope more people in. Um, and also be sure to check out all of our past podcasts, which you can access on 31G's SoundCloud and on iTunes podcast um, under 31G. And there's nine other episodes for you all to check out if you haven't he heard them yet. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.